Kia and welcome to the Movers Podcast. I am your host, Brickman King, usually here with other co-hosts, Epsilon. And on today's episode, wait, hello? This is not just your weekly episode of film and television. Are we expanding? This is cool. So let me introduce us again one last time. Kira and welcome to the Anime Bros Podcast, a spin-off of the Movie Bros Podcast. I am your host, Requiem King, and today we'll be discussing and divulging into this season of anime. We'll also be discussing the best anime openings and endings so far this year, and what the best anime overall is this year. So strap in for the first episode of the Anime Bros Podcast as we delve into the world of the Shinigamis and the Quincy's within Ichigo Kurosaki. One of the big three with Bleach, Thousand Year, Blood War, Core 2. Alright, so Bleach is back, baby, and better than ever. Uh, with Bleach Thousand Year Blood War Core 2. Um, Core 1 came out last year, October 2022, and it was first announced and revealed at Anime Expo in December 2021 with one of the coolest announcement trailers that I could think of today. Um, so, Bleach Thousand Year Blood War Core 2, or Season 2, as it's being considered. I will be discussing the first five episodes. Episode five did drop this morning on Disney Plus New Zealand, and we will be talking about multiple things that are happening so far in the anime, and uh, that it's covering. And you can look at other people talking about the differences between the manga and the anime, because I have yet to read the manga. I'll probably go read the manga after the anime has ended, but. Big on you, Studio Perio and Taito Kubo for coming together to create this beautiful, masterful uh, piece of media, even though to many has not been as engaging as the first core, because we have yet to see Ichigo at his full might, or even Ichigo in general, apart from these post-credit sequences, but we'll get to that. Anyway, Bleach is back, one of the big three. My favorite of the big three, personally, because I really related the most to it, and it has influenced many anime out there today. Along with the second anime we're about to talk about today, which is Jujutsu Kaisen. But back to Bleach, Studio Periot has done a fine job with the animation, and they did say for Core Two they wanted to make the animation even bigger, even better. And from what we've seen, yeah, they have done that incredibly well. Um, but I want to first talk about the man himself, Ichigo Kurosaki. From the end of season one, or core one, and the Blade is Me, episode 13, where he fully accepts Zangetsu. And he now has two Zambatos following his. Quincy Shinigami side and then also his hollow side which is such a beautiful tribute to those two that has carried him and we know these characters and it's a it's a beautiful tribute to those two and now we get to see him truly honor these characters that has been with him since the very beginning he just didn't know fully the potential that he willed and and we hope to be seeing a lot of Ichigo 
coming to the end of this season but he's currently doing these trials to the soul king and um, by the end of episode 4 I believe last week but yes Ichigo will be looking towards the soul king um, I don't know much about the Soul King as a mythos, but you could look at other YouTubers and look at, oh, okay, this could be a really cool thing to, to think about um, when it comes to Ichigo and him gaining his powers through the Shinigami. Um, but yes, along with Ichigo, we got the turning of Uryu here. He he he's a bitch <laughs> for for betraying. But I, along with that, I feel like there are some intentions that Uryu is going for with the Quincy's. Maybe he knows what Ichigo um, is going through, and he may be the inside man for Ichigo. Uh, who knows? Who knows? I don't know how this is faring out. Looking at the opening, it seems like, oh yeah, Uryu and Ichigo are going to duel it out by the end of the season. Um, but yes, I feel like Uryu may have true intentions to be the next um, King of the Quincy's by Yuhabaha. What a fun name to say. Um, but along with that, Uryu could be a spy could easily be a spy, it's just playing the long game now. And he could easily turn on the Quincy's that took him in, especially Yuha Baha. Okay, fun name to say. Um, but along with this, I feel, yes, Season 2, Episode 3, we got to see Shinji's Bankai, and it is not running away. There's a reason why he hasn't revealed his Bankai. It's because it's an AoE effect. It turns friend into foe. It's basically a genocidal bankai. Where <laughs> even though we had uh, Soifun have a nuke, he can make people kill each other, and in such a gruesome and dark way. And he did it on some Quincy fodder, and it was actually really cool to see. And along with his bankai, we got to see him fight Bambiada B, and uh, with his Zambakto which um, he uses holification on as well because uh, Mayuri and Urahara gave these little red pills which look like beans that have their bankai but also upped up with hollow because um, hollow um, I think holification itself is poison to Quincy's um, maybe that's the reason why hollows weren't um, no, taken in uh, by Quincy's like Bunkai's like stealing their powers. But along with that, yeah, Shinji's Bunkai, his fight with Bamiyeta B, so cool. But I had to say the other reason why it's so cool is because of Shiro Saigasu, still in the fucking best um, OST composer in anime history. With his work with Neo Genesis Evangelion and now coming back to Bleach. He is a master at his work, a fine crafter, and I can't wait to see more anime exclusive music. Well, of course it's anime exclusive, it's made for the anime. But Shiro Saigasu, incredible OST over Shinji's Bunkai. But man, um 
speaking of um, compositions and music, another thing that is amazing and incredible is Studio Period animation team from art direction to combat to multiple different parts of the studio coming together to do this beautiful tribute to Taitakubo who is most likely hands-on with this because there's a lot of anime only things that have changed from the manga that have helped the manga um, and manga readers to know where the story is going and how fluid it is whether it's cut or not cut whatever but the animation beautiful I get people a little bit annoyed at the fact that it's just a red sky and we don't get to see um, like clouds in the sky or something like that but I do love the red backdrop across um, across the blue and scenery it's incredible and it brings out the colors and it's dire straits again dire straits the color is red it's urgent um, but last week we got episode 4 Sajin went full revenge mode went at Bambi at a B with full might um, to, to pull back as well as uh, Yuha Baha um, activated these Quincy powers that um, evolved these Quincy's even more creating these like angelic um, wings around them and these halos kind of feeling like oh yeah okay they're, they're somewhat deities or gods or they're the good guys and we'll get to that in episode 5 but uh, Shajin's fate in this episode episode 4 is so sorrowful and so heartbreaking because of what he experienced with um, Tosin um, when Tosin went through the arc of revenge and yeah Sajin went full Bankai but he was human so his Bankai his big kaiju monster uh, mecha more like um, also um, shed its armor as well to become more nimble kind of kind of like Silver Chariot with Pomnareth and Jojo um, where that made him faster and more agile but my god um, having Sajin give up his fate to his own father for revenge of Yamamoto um, Yamamoto sorry um, and just seeing that by the end of it he turned into the creature that he once hated but he now accepted it because there's no other um, there's no other way out of carrying this burden of revenge so he's now a wolf and his lieutenants are now carrying him to defeat Yuha Baha but what can he do and I can't wait to see where that goes Sajin went out with such a bang such a beautiful and they use CGI correctly in this series again and it looks incredible now looking at today's episode there has been a side fight which apparently is anime only with um with Mask basically the wrestler dude and Isagi um and the lieutenants trying to fight him and they're basically getting their ass kicked and now we saw these two 
um, two figures, I think, come into orbit, um, landing at the end of episode four. Um, well, I'll get to that because it's not who you think it is, but we have the two lieutenants, uh, lieutenants, sorry, the two captains, um, Rose and Kensei, coming to sort out Moss. And they showed their bunkais and really cool Kensei's bunkai basically it just accelerates the speed of its punches also accelerates his his power as well um it didn't go well he got his ass beat um rose rose talked too much i i felt bad i wish we got more out of these two characters because they their bunkais are so cool but again, the man of the hour came in and killed it. Literally. Renji. Hello? Renji finally getting his proper... Renji getting his proper time to shine um, with his Bankai. Zabimaru. Ooh, this looked really good. Sadly, I got spoiled by this... Um, via playing Jump Force um, when I had to do Raid the Supers for, for some of my mates and this looked incredible in game and I think it looks even better in the animation um, because I feel like Jump Force takes every Bleach character from the Thousand Year Blood War arc. Um, I don't remember uh, Ichigo or Rukia or Aizen or um, I'm trying to remember these but R Renji I remember the most because his one was ape shit literally um, snakes and ape arms and it looks so cool it looks so wild and I can't wait to see what else he does with that Bankai um, but he does defeat Mask in such a incredible way and visually beautiful man I cannot praise Bleach anymore and I'm so happy it is back and episode 6 is out next week Sunday New Zealand time probably around 5 or 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning uh, just before church but yes hopefully to see Ichigo come back next week if not just like a little tease because we got at the end of this episode instead of Ichigo we got Uryu um uh, but yeah hopefully we get more Ichigo next week um but other than that this has been incredible so far uh, I wouldn't say it's perfect, neither is the first call, because, again, we're just gearing up to what could potentially be the best arc of, what, the big three in a long time, because I, I think I stopped One Piece around episode 500, 501, before the Skype arc, especially, uh, that everyone's been raving about. We're getting Gear 5 Luffy soon, um, I think they've teased it for August 17th or something but yeah and uh, along with Naruto I stopped at Shippuden but Bleach I'm glad they're finally giving Taite a reason to finish off Bleach and it's such a beautiful time to be a Bleach fan but yes Bleach Thousand Year Blood War Core 2 or Season 2 Episode 6 drops Disney Plus New Zealand or actually Disney Plus around the world on Sunday or Saturday, your time. 
um, early, early as in the morning. Um, and yes, now onto maybe one of the most anticipated um, shows this year. Um, and again, it's Marper vs. Studio Period. It's Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2. Hidden Inventory Arc and the Premature Death Arc. Let's go. Yes, Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, Hidden Inventory and Premature Death Arc have now finished its serialization so far. For Episode 1 to 5, we are yet to see the big and most, um, what would I say, most anticipated arc of any anime from the anime community. Again, they like hyping shit up, but the Shibuya arc coming in August 31st. Uh, in a in a couple of weeks, basically, um, I'm glad they're taking their time. Uh, forewarning, the next three weeks before the Shibuya arc, there is a recap of this season and the movie next week on Crunchyroll, and then the week after would be a recap of season one, or 24 episodes, and then along with the pre uh, next week, it's a break until we get to the Shibuya arc. So. As I was saying when finishing off Bleach, it again is MAPA vs Studio Period. It is Chainsaw Man vs Bleach again, but now it's just Kaizen vs Bleach. And wow, we're looking at a great battle here. Um, but this season so far has been incredible. We get to delve into more of Gojo and Geto and their relationships, uh, Satoru and Suguru, um, and how where they are right now and what has changed. I feel like Geto has been my one of my most intrigued characters, and I want to see how he got to being the most cursed, um, cursed user. Um, with his title and we got to see that by the end of episode 5 and yes he's still racist yes he's still calling us monkeys Jesus Christ but that relationship between Gojo and Geto is something priceless and I'm glad we got to witness this and apparently this was supposed to be season 1 but I kind of like that this is now tying into season 2 because we get to see these characters fully fledged out like, I didn't mind season 1 being um, Yuji, Itadori's, um, and Megumi, and Nobara's um, time to shine, while this takes us back to, oh, what could have been Yuji and Megumi with Geto and Gojo. And we also got the introduction of very young Shoko, and Meimei, and a bunch of Nanami, the goat. Uh, we got a we got a bunch of introductions there, but it, this may it, 
The opening may seem fun, but it's so sad. This season is so sad. We are going to go into spoilers. Um, so strap in for maybe the most depressing ep uh, anime um, episodes this season. Um, I feel like I, I, I had to start off with one of the most... Uh, happiest parts and that goes to the animation mappa has killed it um whether it is a downgrade or an upgrade to you i really don't care i think it looks perfect and there's the fact that it's more a stylistic approach than realism uh gives the animators more time and more care to kind of flesh out how these characters could move and animate their facial animations the way they talk to each other um, how expressive can these characters be with this simple yet very um, beautiful stylized animation and uh, to a lot of people they they kind of miss all the fine details that come with the first season where in the movie it makes sense for the movie because you know you know it's it's bigger budget it's for the cinema but um yes i feel like the toned down uh, animation makes this show uh makes this season sorry um more relatable and I kind of feel every single character properly and it's incredible to see something like this so when they do these amazing action sequences with these incredible animation set pieces um same thing but hey there we go um it's smear marking it's pencil linings it's hard drawing um edges and everything pop out even more and it looks so good it looks incredible to see and it's visually appealing um but the main concern people had said it was gorgeous eyes aren't as animated as they should be um i i kind of agreed but come on that's just a minute nitpick at this point now to the most depressing things in the first episode we do get to see ghetto and gojo get their first mission for Tengen Summer, and that was to bring this um, this vessel, Star Plasma, uh, Star Plasma vessel, which is um, Amanai Rika, uh, Riku, um, uh, who we get to see in episode one ish. Um, she's kind of concussed, but the, uh, she does she does get awakened from. Um, Ghetto um, smashing through <laughs> through a window in such a beautiful stylistic way, um, if I may say um, say so myself. But my gosh, um, yeah. So she's very pivotal to this whole story, and honestly, I was kind of lost when it came to what the true purpose was for for her character. Um, I may I'll, I'll probably rewatch the show. Uh, rewatch and become more depressed um again uh we watched the four or five episodes that have dropped again to understand riku i keep killing her rika riku i'm an eye i'll just say i'm an eye but um her position in this whole entire story um uh, apart from being the star plasma vessel but yes um 
we probably will know more about her character coming out to the Shibuya arc. There's got to be a reason why these two are coming out around the same time. Um, unless they go fully into, um, yeah, uh, Hidden Inventory and Premature Death Arc were supposed to be Season 1. And now we just made it as, oh, Gojo's just having a bad, bad dream. <laughs> but, you know, that could be a thing. Uh, Amanai could just be a, a um, lost cause, basically. And we don't fully know her intentions, uh, the intentions that they planned for her. Uh, but that's just me. Maybe everybody at home that, that has read the manga or understood it more than me. Thank you, thank you. Um, but the next one, uh, Toji. Um, Megumi's uh, father who completely forgot but apparently he didn't forget and he just has bad memory. Um, <clears throat> Dio. Um, sorry. Uh, same voice actor as, as Dio. <laughs> they did both. They're just that guy, you know, you know, Dio, my dude, <laughs> the world, um, <clears throat> anyway, but yes, his relationship with Megumi and Megumi completely not knowing who his father is, is one of the saddest, but yet funniest, um, ways to be introducing Toji as a character, it's like, oh shit, he may be a shit father, <laughs> it took him a 30 seconds and beautiful animation to go, hey, maybe... I don't have a son, <laughs> kind of, and um, it was really fun, it was really funny, um, but yeah, Toji is a force to be reckoned with in incredible sequences, um, Gojo versus Toji, um, round one, we got Gojo at his full might, using blue, and it was an incredible. I can't believe how Mappa did it. And wow, insane animation. Um, but yes, Gojo is still ranking up there as one of my favorite new gen characters. Um, not only is he, well, the dude. He's the he's him, basically. He is him. But how his fight with and uh, Toji, both times were great and actually I'll go to his second interaction with Toji when he's all healed up um, and well not fully healed up but he finally was on the precipice of death and he finally felt you know he is considered the strongest um, when it comes to the um, sorcerers basically but him actually being near death is something that he wished for for so long. But the fact that he was so powerful and he has this infinity wall around him. Um, yeah, this is this is some great fucking writing here. But this turned into the personification of him learning red. And Red looks so menacing. He he tried to do it in episode 2. But it failed. And it became a gag. But here he felt it. He needed you know, Red. And then he just went. What if we mix Red and Blue? We get Hollow Purple. And this is the first time we see Hollow Purple. Well through his eyes. Because the first time we saw it was episode 19 I believe. 
episode 19 or uh, around there um when when um everybody was going into full chaos um the Jujutsu high and Gojo destroyed the veil and his eyes were beautiful and glowing and we got hollow purple for the first time and it looks so cool um destructive but cool and that's where Toji meets his fate and he went out like a badass uh, Toji um yeah I wish I wish he didn't fully die <laughs> I wish that he lost that half of his body and somehow Shoko can you know remedy him and somehow he can be there for Megumi but it seems like by the end of episode 5 when Gojo goes to Megumi because of what Toji said Gojo is looking at his part of you know He's just being a reasonable person and trying to go to Megami before the Zenin get him um, at a certain age. And this is when Megami still had his sister with him. Um, and it's so beautiful how it ties into season one of the show and and the backstories of these characters. It's incredible. But yes, uh, Geto starts to lose it a little bit. Um, he's now turned fully into honestly it's been leading there the whole time where he's always tried to be there for Gojo and trying to be his somewhat rock to keep Gojo down but again along with Gojo Geto is one of the most powerful curse users ever so him changing well, his change of heart, and we saw this hor horrifying moment within the anime with Geto going back to his own village and burning down the entire village. Uh, apparently, it was, I think, equivalent to the same insanity as it was in the anime with the manga. And people have been hyping up that moment, and I see why. It's so harrowing, it's so scary seeing Geto. In a way like that, and yeah, I can't wait to see where where Geto and I think they showed the rest of the people that are gonna be with Geto this season throughout the Shibuya arc. So I can't wait to see all of that. But yes, um, this is gonna be a big problem. Jujutsu Kaisen season two continuing August thirty first with the with the Shippoyak. Um Yeah, I can't wait to see what's next for this for this massive anime that's about to take place, um, and it's gonna blow the roof off. Now, along with those Fridays that Jujutsu Kaisen came out, we also had the introduction of, or a reintroduction, a reimagining of Roroni Kenshin. It's been so long. <laughs> Wow, Roroni Kenshin is back, uh, baby! Uh, it's such a 
incredible way. Uh, Ronan and Kenshin, the original anime that came out, we used to um, air on Toonami. Um, the Adult Swim block, uh, along with Yu Yu Hakusho and Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Champloo, Afro Samurai, uh, Bleach, uh, Naruto. Uh, I, I think Naruto and Dragon Ball and One Piece were the only ones that were on Toonami Cartoon Network. But yes, um, a Trigun, I could keep going, but man, Ronan Kenshin has come back, and along with Bleach, uh, with its animation, it has skyrocketed and looks in fucking incredible. Um, but I have to say, and it's the first thing I gotta say, is that we kind of gotta divert the artist from the art because we you know we don't need to go into there we are a pg-13 or a r-rated uh a podcast that so far is not talking about the issues like that because we do not want to um it is disgusting and please do not do what the mangaka has done but minus that the art of Roroni Kenshin is beautiful. It's, it's so justified being one of the most beloved and influential um, manga storylines that has taken place. Um, and I wish that more people were talking about it this season. It has actually gone under the radar with stuff like Jujutsu Kaisen, Bleach, Mushoku um, Tensei. And Zom 100, which is another one we'll be talking about. But, yeah, Rory and Kenshin deserves all the viewing and all the hype that it deserves. Because it's so good. It's so well done. It's so well crafted. Um, I feel like Rory and Kenshin, stylistically, it's beautiful. And it translates incredibly well in today's world. And that is amazing to have into here now i've missed these characters a lot kenshin Inko. this has been a great reawakening and reimagining of these classic anime um formats they used to be around 24 episodes and only last one season along with talking about nostalgia um bleach and trigon we got trigon stampede which i will talk about later because that is so far one of the best reimaginings of these old animes that have come to newer generations and i love that show so much but ronan kenshin um one of the most beloved um animes of recent memory uh, of the classic animes and I'm glad it's made a massive comeback in such a way but I wish more people were watching it but anyway I'm repeating myself animation is beautiful man it's so vibrant it's so colorful and it if it needs to look dirty it looks dirty um it's uh, uh, for some reason it looks too clean but again that may be the the 2000s kid of me and that's looking for the older hand-drawn fully hand-drawn animation that used to be but what we have right now is incredible just seeing these characters come back to life in in such a way just again like bleach in freaking incredible but 
Another thing that I had to talk about as well is music. Everybody loves the music of the original anime, but the music in this reimagining is in freaking incredible as well. This is insane how in period this music sounds and I'm I, I haven't even touched upon the openings and endings of this certain anime. But the music when you have these confrontational scenes or these flashbacks, these it basically anything, it's beautiful to hear. You can actually chime out all the talking in the sequence and then just hear the music it's blaring but it's also comforting it's also like a warm hug when there's certain sequences especially when we get to episode 5 with a flashback and it's like a warm hug when when it's needed it's it's beautiful really it's very very beautiful and again I truly miss these characters just seeing them again interacting with each other even though there's a completely new cast but it just feels so classic ah uh, it's man it's just warm feeling in my heart so far this could easily be one of the best animes this year if it lands cleanly and I know it will and the action the art direction the everything when it comes to it, uh, the motives of Kenshin never change and he is someone to be reckoned with but also someone to admire as well. It's incredible to see such a beautiful character like Kenshin be treated in a way that is not only a respect to him as a character but a respect to the idea of Kenshin and putting away his blade and like figuratively and literally when you look at his uh, katana this is uh, it's mm, I could go on and on and on about the righteousness of Kenshin and how they've portrayed it incredibly well but I'll be going in circles repeating myself just 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 go watch it just understand it um you don't need to watch the original anime because they're kind of away from where the anime was I think this anime is more manga heavy um, going more into where the manga started and ended I think that's where it's going to go um, I have yet to read the manga I'll probably read the manga um, after the anime kind of like Bleach um, to see oh this has changed or this has stayed and was it needed blah 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 but you know this Ravoni Kenshin is up there with a contender of nostalgia bait, basically, and done right, done right with Trigun and now with Bleach coming to a conclusion. But I feel like with this season of anime, we are now in the winter season. I consider it winter because over here in New Zealand, it is winter. We are in the southern hemisphere, where, but it still feels like summer. <laughs> That's not a good thing. But, um, yeah, I feel like this is more slice of life than shonen. Um, I love it. I really love it. it. It reminds me a lot of Diamond is Unbreakable from Jojo. Just knowing that Jojo is my favorite anime, uh, along with shonen. But, um, yeah, where Diamond is Unbreakable is more akin to a slice of life 
That's why certain people, uh, certain, certain people, some people don't like Diamonds Unbreakable compared to some of us who do love it. And it's, that's what it's kind of starting to feel like. There is action, there's a lot of action, but it's more day, uh, day to day. What does Kenshin do? What does the cast do? This is incredible. Um, I can't wait to see what else they do. And I feel like there's a big bang of a finale i don't know whether it's 12 episodes or 24 episodes but hey um bring back 24 episodes i kind of i kind of miss those days where we got a whole entire anime instead of you know 11 or 12 episodes you know i'm, I'm looking at you marvel but um yeah i feel like Roroni kitchen could easily be the best anime this year but along with that these openings and endings are some of the you know what i'll leave that for the discussion that we're gonna have later because my god i think Rurouni kenshin may have the best opening and endings this year with how hype and how full of life each of them are and i think this could easily be the best anime this year i think i'm going around in circles go watch Rurouni kenshin on crunchyroll it is on Fridays so instead of Jujutsu Kaisen just go straight to Doroni Kenshin and yes on Crunchyroll on Fridays I think Thursdays around the world depending on your time zone but yes I, I think early morning as well but yes on Crunchyroll now speaking of Crunchyroll and Netflix and Hulu Psalm 100 um yeah Yeah, this one came out of nowhere. Um, I I heard a lot of rumors about about this um, anime coming out. I, didn't it just get a live action movie? Um, that's currently on Netflix right now. I'm not gonna watch that because it may spoil what could or will happen in the anime. But wow, um, yes, Zom 100 may be one of the best looking animes in a very very long time. And I'm considering that along with something like Chainsaw Man or even Jujutsu Kaisen. It is beautiful to look at, beautiful to see. And that may be the reason why we don't have a full opening. Uh, the opening is just a recap and the opening is a banger. But yes, Zone 100 uh, animation is on peak. It's so good. Um, and also... I want to talk about how relatable this series is, especially with crunch and work culture. Um, it looks like it's mostly in Japan, but it could easily be um, shown as relatable around the world, depending on what work you do. But yes, this series so far has been incredible, top-notch insane batshit insane um one disclaimer episode five has been delayed for one day as i think the either the anime cast or the live action cast are doing something cool um today which i don't know of 
But yes, so Psalm 100 will be debuting at 7.30pm New Zealand Standard Time tomorrow evening on Netflix Crunchyroll. But yes, that was just a disclaimer as we got a couple of delays and should we be worried? Uh, I'll get to that. But yeah, talking about relatability, yeah, Akira as a character is one of my favorite new protagonists uh, along with Gabi Maru from House Paradise because his causes are kind of relatable compared to, to someone like Denji. But um, yeah, uh, Akira is one of my new favorites really when it comes to a main character and so far from what we've seen of the entire squad that we're about to gain four characters yeah yeah it's gonna be such a fun ride zombie apocalypse you don't need to go to work anymore free beer because you go to the like we call it the dairy but it's convenient so it's 7-eleven or something um and hey look at that no need to use money wait free money money ain't a thing anymore uh, by the signs but man this this is something special i don't know man <laughs> um the new crew looks like a lot of fun um kenjo akira being like best mates since playing rugby i think man that's such that's such a weird thing but i gotta get used to it. hey Japan's got a bunch of brownies in there. You know what? Us ones, us Maldives inside the Japanese squad. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, let's go. Go Japan. <laughs> um, I think they're hosting the World Cup this year. But anyway, the Rugby World Cup. But, yes. Akira, Kencho, Kencho about to die in a... Um, what was it? Uh, what do they call it? Love Hotels. I forgot. I forgot. Love Hotel. Um, <laughs> until everyone became a zombie. And I'm glad there's a connection between these two because so far these two have been my favorite duo out of all the animes that I've seen apart from Gojo and Keto. Um where <laughs> Akira and Kintro they bounce off each other while and Kintro looks at Akira like You're weird dude but I love you man. <laughs> I like this brotherly relationship that they have. Younger brother and older brother, which they've always had and there's always been um showing, especially in episode four. Um speaking of episode four, episode four, um Akira and Kencho find themselves in a precarious position where on the bucket list uh Akira has written Have a dinner or quote unquote <clears throat> Um, yes, with a flight attendant, and within this uh, store that they went to go get a flat screen TV, they come past three <laughs> flight attendants, so that's kind of crossed off on their list. Um, but yeah, um, a zombie flight attendants, huh? That, that wasn't on my bucket list, and one of the flight attendants, um, she she got uh, <clears throat> the the way she she became a zombie was uh was uh, um, you know what just watch it for yourself okay watch it at night watch it at night you know this this is some some salsa shit but yes um so this bucket list is ever growing and I feel like it would be kind of cool if not just Akira but the rest of the crew start heading to this bucket list. 
uh, I don't know how the manga went. Probably, probably the same as what I'm describing. But if every character goes, "Oh, look at this bucket list. Let me add to it," and that's how it gets to 100, it's split up into quarters at 444. Um, that would be incredible. It would be a lot of fun for them to just look at it going, "Okay, these are mine." These are mine, these are mine, these are mine, and they help each other get to these goals and on these bucket lists and tick them all off. But yeah, other than that, I, I feel like we've got a lot to delve into. I don't know how many episodes this is going to be, but with the delays that are happening for episode 4 and 5, yeah, I feel like they're either tight on budget, because how beautiful this anime looks, it's going to be very hard to get at least, I don't know, I don't know how it is, probably what the animation <laughs> animation team is going through is probably what Akira went through, um, but again, they crafted such a beautiful, beautiful looking anime, um, and I can't wait to see where it ends and where it leads to. Hopefully Akira becomes the hero of the day, tries to save everyone. That would be kind of cool. Uh, kind of corny, kind of, um, you know, it's everybody probably knows. Um, but yes, I feel like this is going to be an incredible, incredible time. And everyone should check out Zom 100 on Crunchyroll episode 1 to 4. Currently streaming there. Also on Netflix and on Hulu in the States. But yes, Zom 100. Now, speaking of Zom 100. We're going to be talking about the best openings and endings so far. This wow, we, yeah, um, the endings and openings this year have been a tight, tight competition. And I think I have come to a conclusion of four, and I'm going to state my case. Uh, but this is just my personal opinion. I think there will be plenty of other animes that I've yet to check out or are coming up this year that could easily beat the ones that I have said today. Starting with Rurouni Kenshin. I feel like Rurouni Kenshin has the most hype opening and some of the most hype ending. The ending sounds like an opening and it's so energetic, it's so kinetic, it's so frantic as well. Yet Kenshin as a character is so thoughtful, so melodic. Um, so it's quite, it just it juxtaposes Kenshin himself, um, but also goes with his double-double, his, uh, his previous life, with how kinetic everything is, but also it has to showcase the shonen energy that this show displays, and it probably shows off some action sequences that we have yet to see in the anime, and I feel like it's going to be a lot of fun to see these reimagined. And also in the opening, we got a reference to the OG colours of the anime. Um, the, the previous anime from the, I think, 90s and 2000s. Um, yes, with the purple robes, um, now we have the manga colours, I think. Or the Shueisha colours that we have right now. Um, but yeah, Rurouni Kenshin has one of the most hype openings and I can't wait for everyone to check out this opening and also the ending is so fire 
you just had to hear it for yourself. This is incredible. I don't know how an ending can easily be an opening, and it's more akin to I, I don't I don't think I've heard an ending that could easily be an opening. Uh, but man, Rodoni Kenshin easily breaks that trademark. Um, it could could easily be the best ending so far this year and I can't wait again I feel like a broken record um, especially when we just finished talking about Rononi Kenshin uh, um, yeah the ending opening I don't know how I would rank it but the opening so far uh, so was the ending I think the ending's really good but uh, anyway Rononi Kenshin go watch those two incredible openings on Aniplex right now um, but the next anime I want to talk about oh this this one Ooh, I I love the ending, but I don't think it's as strong of a contender. But it's opening hell, fucking yeah! Uh, especially the hell. It's hell's paradise. It's opening is so fire, so fuego. I do prefer the anime length opening because the best part is at the very end, obviously. But man, the whole song fire, the whole beat fire, the whole rapping fire the whole beat drums fire the whole percussion system which i just talked about fire oh my god and we're boom 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 it shot on all cylinders this opening fire well done Martha. well done this ooh, i think uh, i cannot recommend this opening enough fire 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 um yeah definitely a big contender for anime opening out there Definitely a big, big contender. Anyway, before I keep going, fire! I'll go to the next fire opening and ending. Actually, I like the ending more than the opening. It is the biggest anime so far this year, and that is Oshinoko with Idol. Yeah, Idol has taken over the world by storm, and it's one of the most, um, well, influential openings that could easily be seen and heard throughout the coming years because Oshinoko is definitely one of the best animes to come out this year running at 11 episodes but I think the original run was 14 I felt like it because the first episode is an hour and 22 minutes long um, but but the opening and endings are so good especially Especially what Queen Bee did on the ending. Wow! And now, along with House Paradise, if Oshinoko's ending with Queen Bee was attached to House Paradise's opening, we could have a winner here. I'm sorry, Roroni Kenshin, but Roroni Kenshin still has the best opening and ending so far. Uh, but yes, wow, Oshinoko's opening and ending will shock you to your core and it's so beautiful i recommend to watch the the music videos that are comp uh, accompanying them um along with the with the anime versions because they are needed um especially uh, mephisto that's the name of the queen bee track but yes if mephisto was part of hell's paradise's opening that could be a killer a strong strong killer 
Uh, but yes, Oshinoko, definitely a big contender for opening in innings of the year, and um, personally, so go check them out. Um, damn. Now, the next one, it may be recency bias, but I really love this. It's from Jujutsu Kaisen. Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, specifically. The opening. I love the ending, but the opening is so good. Um, from the um, from the same singer and artist from the first call of Bleach. <laughs> funny. <laughs> That's actually very funny. But yes, wow. This opening, incredible. When it starts off with a bang, and then it goes, uh, it, they bring in the bass to, to harmonize it out. Wow, man, goosebumps, goosebumps. And then the whole song, and it, it's, it's not as bombastic as you would think it is because of its visuals, but my god, is this song so catchy and so... It's, it's an earworm, especially. It's definitely an earworm. And I feel like, uh, lyrically, it's more akin to the duality of Gojo and Geto. Um, where we get to them by... No, no pun intended. Um, by the end of the season. Um, but yes, Jesus Kaisen Season 2, that's a sneaky shove in there. Because I could easily put, a ble uh, put in Bleach, but I wanted to put in 4 recommendations um, but yes incredible so Roroni Kenshin How's Paradise's opening Oshinoko's ending and Jujutsu Kaisen season 2's opening incredible go listen to all of them on your streaming site for you both the anime version and the full versions of each of these songs are as good as you would think they are now Speaking of the best, we're looking at the best of the best and recovering the best animes of the year. Oh, also including the end of last year, so far. Now, when I say the end of last year, I am including December. That's part of it because I'm, I wanna, I wanna kind of, you know, because Netflix is is piece of bullshit when it came to marketing this one thing. But I'll get to it anyway. So the best anime so far this year. To me personally, in my honest, honest opinion, it is Trigun Stampede, which all 12 episodes, or 12 or 13, but all episodes are now streaming on Crunchyroll, yes, by Studio Orange. It is a reimagining of Trigun, which was previously held by Madhouse in the 90s. Um, and it brings back Vash and Knives, or Knives, and Meryl, and... It brings in a couple of new characters as well, like Roberto, no offense, uh, no offense, no, seriously, his name's Robert De Niro. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but yes, uh, incredible. Studio Orange bringing in the best animation they could possibly do. Yes, Trigun Stampede, everybody dogging on it because of its animation being CG. Trust me, the trailers don't do it justice, but the trailers are really good as well. The the soundtrack, incredible. God tier. Vasha's theme, if you look at the soundtrack, Trigun Stampede. The title, 
track is incredible i love the western feel in it i heard it in the trailer and it just proved me right this is incredible knives's piano solos are beautifully done and they actually point on key properly they do this incredibly well and there's so much we can talk about man trigon stampede finally showed us the Jurai incident that was highly talked about in the original anime and also in the manga but July city beautiful beautiful built city and I think a half of a ship I think it's one of the ships that um, knives and um, well where knives and Vash used to be but yes, uh, beautiful setting, beautiful everything. This, we're getting to the second half of season two, uh, of season one, sorry. And yeah, the July incident from Vash finally, people were annoyed that Vash had this mop on his head and now it's spiked up. Um, which is the Vash that everyone knows and he looks so cool. We even get dark Vash. Wow versus Knives and uh, again Knives in the original anime was meant to be this big formidable foe for Vash especially internally and mentally because they're, they're brothers but they never explored it fully. In, the, in this anime they spent their whole entire time divulging who Vash and Knives are and their relationship is finally explored fully and it's so beautiful to watch um, and the fact that it's all animated incredibly well to showcase um, expressions and uh, and movements it's incredible and all I had to say is go watch it it's so so good you'll feel so much pain you'll feel so much anguish so much um, bottled up emotion by the end of this season and you if you've watched the original uh, anime get ready because we're about to get to it and it's amazing now after Trigon Stampede firstly my second favorite anime so far this year or from the end of last year is Oshinoko my gosh it's it's definitely a big contender for anime of the year and probably to a lot of people because of how famous it is and how large mainstream it is sorry mainstream that's the word um it is it's easily gonna win anime of the year um the only bummer is that it's on a different streaming platform compared to others high dive which i had no clue was a thing uh, but yes it's on a completely different streaming platform um, which is needed but my gosh is it worth it so much emotion within an hour and 21 minute episode premiere the pilot had an hour and 21 episodes worth of content in it and I think that was a combination of three or four episodes combined and wow <laughs> um, yeah you fell in love with I, you fell in love with Aqua, you fell in love with Ruby, and you fell in love with uh, Kana, Akane, <laughs> Memchan, and like, you fell in love with all these characters.
because you see yourself in them. And it's quite poetic, it's quite beautiful. And yeah, one of the coolest things, and I think it's a, uh, we talked about this during the Bleach uh, segment of Revenge with Sajin, but it's Aqua. Um, I won't get into spoilers, but he's trying to find revenge for a certain character. Um, and it's gonna get him into trouble and even though everyone's like oh my god Aqua thank you I'm here like watch out for this man he could be a killer but no 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 he he gives me light Yagami vibes from Death Note but yes he is a main character light like light Yagami uh oh oh no but another one Ruby um <laughs> Ruby is one of my favorites she's just bubbly she's joyous um and also she's fulfilling her mother's wishes um, becoming an idol and uh, we get to see that uh, not really a spoiler I, th I think if you don't watch the opening then it's not a spoiler for you but man uh, but by the end of opening uh, of uh, episode one you'll understand um, her mother's wishes and this is such a beautiful time and also the backstories of um, Aqua and Ruby will make you cry uh, especially Ruby um, I gotta talk about this because this will be a a, a warning or a, a spoiler ish episode 6 ego surfing um, the Akane um, episode is a heavy one so um, yeah um, if anyone's going through troubled times uh, it's best to talk to someone um, this episode does at the very end of the ending which is used in such a perfect way to explain the emotions that are going through everyone comes a helpline if it's not your helpline look for it online um, someone's always there to listen to talk um, that episode is the heaviest I think it's the only time that I did not stop crying because I know people who've been through this and yeah it's just the Akane episode episode 6 if you need someone to talk to just talk to someone we all want you here no matter what this is the reason why we are looking at the final um, month of 2022. It's because I really want to shoot her in Jojo. Okay, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean, Batch 3. Yes, Batch. Screw you, Netflix, and screw you, The Suits at David Productions. You've over this part. This part should have been praised like Golden Win. This part should have been the Golden Win popularity, but no. Netflix and David Production, The Suits, not The Animators, The Suits, okay? Oh, fuck you, <laughs> That's the first time I'm gonna say that on this podcast, fuck you, okay? You should have given this the full glory it deserves, because holy hell, what a ride, what a rollercoaster of a ride. Please do yourself a favor and watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6, all 38 episodes streaming on Netflix right now please go do yourself a favor and watch them uh, but holy hell what a ride it's a roller coaster of emotions couldn't stop crying this is one of the best 
uh, adaptations of the JoJo manga that I have seen since Di uh, Diamond is Unbreakable. Maybe I'm biased because I don't really like Golden Wind. Um, apart from Bujarati and Mista and maybe Abakio, but man, Stone Ocean got wholly held in the AS and doesn't deserve that kind of treatment from for, for someone like Jolene. And Jolene is so relatable and so necessary to the Joe Star ranking. Um, yeah, such a beautiful part that has the best animation especially like the last five episodes of the season <laughs> um damn Jolene, Jotaro, uh, Emporio, Hermes, Anasui, Weather Report, Foo Fighters man the whole cast was incredible that's why I really love the new cast uh, the new cast that we're getting with Zone 100 and Oshinoko but man the, the built-up emotions that you've had with these characters, Poochie as a villain, OP as hell? Nah, nah, Poochie gotta go. Emporio, getting the last laugh, needed. Um, but yes, I just wanted to go on a tangent about how much I love JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6. Um, man, please go watch all three. I don't know what the fucking batch thing was. But man, uh, it's a bummer that some of the some of the animation isn't fixed even in the Blu-ray version. But man, please, please go support it. Go support it. Um, yes, streaming on Netflix, all 38 episodes um, of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <sighs> now, along with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, I want to talk about Steel Ball Run Productions and the release date. I feel like we are getting there for 2025 or 2026. Um, yeah, I think that's all. I just want to say, ah, yeah, here's what I think of uh, Steel Ball Run. I think it's the best episode, uh, the best part of JoJo. And I feel like it's the only part of JoJo that could work live action. Um, but that's just me. Now I gotta get to an anime that I've yet to cover. Um, I'll probably I'll probably add it to to the list to take over Jujutsu Kaisen, even though it's already finished, it's already out on Hulu and Disney Plus. It's Heavenly Delusion. Uh, people are putting me on it. Uh, Heavenly Delusion looks incredible, and I have yet to check it out because um, autumn season or fall was packed to the brim with stuff like Hell's Paradise and Demon Slayer and Oshinoko so I didn't get the chance to watch Heavenly Delusion but it's on my watch, uh, watch list and everyone seems to love this anime and I see why and I'll definitely cover it over Jujutsu Kaisen but yes man what a time to be an anime fan I we used to get bullied in school for being an anime fan uh, reading manga or anything but man now we can just digress and go hey everyone kind of loves it now it's kind of the mainstream thing but man if something can make you feel the way episode one of Oshinoko made you feel or even the final moments of Jojo uh, Stone Ocean um, makes you feel Holy hell is anime a form of media just like video games that can make you emotionally angry, emotionally cry, mentally break shit down. Yeah, it's it's deserved. 
but man. Anyway, that's what I think are the containers for anime of the year. I added Heavenly Delusion because A, it will remind me to watch it and cover it here, and B, it's considered one of the best animes this year. But yes, now onto a, a big update. Alright, as discussed on the Movie Bros podcast in the fifth episode specifically, we are supporting this Kickstarter from a storyteller that is creating a visual novel called The Deception of Paradise, created by a person named Warp. Warp has been working on this project since 2018. And creating this LGBTQ plus visual novel where you guide the protagonist through the woes of juggling a job and relationships. Quite relatable. Um, his goal is to hit an amount by September. There will be a link in the description to check out. And if you want, give a little something. It will be much appreciated. But as we look at the coming weeks with episode 5 and 6 of each episode of these series... Things are about to ramp up, about to skyrocket. Anyway, we are the Movie Bros Podcast. I wait, sorry, we are the Anime Bros Podcast, a podcast that is a spin off of the Movie Bros Podcast that has been on hiatus for four plus years now since Captain Marvel's box office numbers streaming on Spotify and Amazon Music. I am your host, Rick and King, usually here with other hosts, Epsilon, and wishing you all a happy doing and see you next time.